Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at vab.bc.pc at gmail.com. All right, ladies, today we are in for a treat because we are looking at the first half of the book of Daniel, chapters one through six. There is so much good stuff in this section, and so I'm going to try hard to just hit the highlights, but I hope that you sit down and read the book in its entirety. In the Christian Bible, the book of Daniel is located in the section of the major prophets. So let's go ahead and sing this verse of our Old Testament song. Mm, let us sing the major prophets, major prophets, major prophets. Let us sing the major prophets, the greatest of them all. Isaiah, Jeremiah, who wrote Lamentations. Ezekiel and Daniel, who were true to their God. Now I've said before that they are called the greatest because they are usually longer than the minor prophets. Well, Daniel is the exception to that. I have also pointed out that when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was met with Moses, the representative of the law, and Elijah, the representative of the prophets. So he was among the great ones too, even though he doesn't have a book of the Bible named after him. In the Hebrew Bible, Daniel is not listed with the prophets. Instead, he is in the section of writings. This may be for various reasons. The first half is full of stories, not prophecies. Secondly, the first half of the book is written in Aramaic, not in Hebrew. And third, it is a later book and therefore may not be classified as a prophet. But the Christian Bible considers him a prophet and I am so thankful. Verses 1 through 4 give us the who, what, when, and where of the book. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his gods. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his gods. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, youth in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had ability for serving in the king's court and he ordered him to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The year was 605 BC when Nebuchadnezzar brought his first group of exiles to Babylon. We find this in 2 Kings 24 verses 1 through 5 and 2 Chronicles 36 verses 5 through 7. Just as a reminder, the northern tribe of Israel was wiped out by Assyria in 722 BC. Babylon wins against Assyria and Egypt at the Battle of Carchemish in 605. And after that, Babylon came down toward Egypt and stopped off at Judah and took the first exiles. These verses give us a clue that Daniel may have been either part of the royal family or of noble birth and that he was young and good looking and smart. 
We learn in verse 6 that with Daniel came Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. All four of these men had Hebrew names that represented the God of Israel, but Nebuchadnezzar gave them Babylonian names which represented their gods. It's interesting to me that we know the three men by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I usually forget Daniel's Babylonian name, which was Belteshazzar. Verse 8 tells us that Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or wine. And then it says that he sought permission from the commander. Ladies, I think Daniel is a wonderful example of how we are to live in a non-Christian world. He was not defiant, but he respected authority. Verse 9 says, God granted Daniel favor and his commander set up a test for 10 days. After 10 days, Daniel and his friends who ate vegetables and drank water were healthier and smarter and they entered into the king's service. Chapter 2 is the story of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which bothered him greatly. He asked his wise men to tell him the dream and interpret it, but none of them knew what the dream was in order to interpret it. The king would not tell them, and they said to the king, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Only the gods could do it. Verses 10 and 11. The decree went out to kill all the wise men and they went looking for Daniel and his friends so they too would be killed. Verse 14 says, Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Ariok, the captain of the bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. Again, Daniel responded with respect to the authority. He was given permission to speak to the king and he asked for time. Then it says that Daniel went to his friends and said, pray, verse 18. Then verse 19 says, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. It is the prayer that Dr. Betts, my Old Testament professor said, is the key verses of this book. Daniel said, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. One point this book so clearly shows is that the Lord God of Israel is sovereign and he is over all rulers, even other nations. Daniel tells Ariok, who quickly brings Daniel to the king. Daniel answers in verses 27 and 28, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, nor diviners are able to declare it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. In the king's dream, he saw a statue with a head of fine gold, its breast and arms of silver, its belly and thigh of bronze, and its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. 
Then there was a stone not cut by human hands, and it struck the feet and crushed them, which caused the statue to crumble. Daniel explained that the head of fine gold was King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire. The next kingdom will be inferior to his, the Medo-Persian Empire. The third kingdom of bronze we know will be Greece, and the fourth kingdom, which we know to be Rome, will be a divided kingdom. And in the days of those kings of Rome, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. It will endure forever. This represents the reign of Jesus Christ, for he was born during the time of the Romans, and he has a heavenly kingdom. Daniel was promoted for God's revelation to him. In chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar made a huge image of gold, and when the people heard the horns, they were all to bow down to the image. Certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews because they did not bow down. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken to the fiery furnace. The king gave them one more chance to bow, and he even said, What God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Verse 15. The men responded, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods and worship the golden image that you have set up. This enraged the king, and he set his furnace seven times hotter. It was so hot that the men that took our three heroes died in the process of taking them. They were able to look into the furnace, and the three Jews were no longer bound but loose, and they were walking around the fire with a fourth man, and he looked like a son of the gods. Verse 25. Nebuchadnezzar declared in verse 26, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. The other men noticed that their bodies were not burned, their hair was not singed, their clothes were not damaged, nor did they even have a smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar praised the God of these men because they put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielding themselves to their own God. These men prospered because of their faithfulness. For a time in chapter 4, the king acknowledged the signs and wonders of the Most High God and what he had done for him. The king had another dream, starting in verse 4, about a great tree. And here the wording is from Nebuchadnezzar himself. Again, his wise men could not explain it. So Daniel came and starting with verse 19, Daniel interprets the dream. At first it worried him, but the king said to tell him the truth. The tree represented the king, and because of his pride, he will be driven away from mankind, and he will act like cattle eating grass, until he recognizes that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Then on verse 27, Daniel says, Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. 
He did not. And this happened, as the vision said. Dr. Betts said this madness is called synanthropy, which someone thinks he is an animal. And then there is something called werewolf syndrome, where a person's body grows hair like an animal. Both of these are very rare, thankfully. In verse 34, the king said, I raised my eyes toward heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. This chapter ends with the king saying, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the king of heaven for all his works are true and his ways just and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. This leads us to chapter 5. Nebuchadnezzar is dead, and one of his descendants, Belshazzar, is now king. He was having a party, and he brought out the gold and silver vessels which were taken from the temple in Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar. They praised the gods of silver and gold, and then a finger of a man's hand emerged and began writing opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the back of the hand that did the writing. It scared him to death. He brought his wise men and they did not know what it meant. The queen entered and said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts alarm you or your face be pale. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of your father, illumination, insight, and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Daniel came and reminded the king about how Nebuchadnezzar was humbled by God. And yet this king did not learn the lesson. He exalted himself against the Lord of heaven. The message said, Minne, minne, tekel uparsin. It reads, numbered, numbered, weighed and divided. It meant that God had numbered his kingdom and put it to an end. He had been weighed and was found deficient. So his kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and the Persians. That same night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was slain. So Darius the Mede received the kingdom. Verses 30 and 31. In chapter 6, we find that Daniel served Darius the king, but other wise men were jealous and tried to find a way to discredit Daniel. The only way they could come up with must have something to do with Daniel's religion. So they spoke to the king and praised him and said, If anyone worships anyone but you the next month, they should die. The king liked the idea and signed it into law. Verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. The jealous men told the king, which made him deeply distressed. But he had given his word, so they put Daniel in the lion's den. The king himself said, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. The king was correct. Early the next morning, the king ran to the lion's den and cried out, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel responded, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. He was saved because he trusted in God. 
The jealous men and their families were thrown into the den and they died before reaching the ground. Then in verse 25, King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land that they were to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel who saved him from the power of the lions. This section of Daniel ends with verse 28. So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel is a great example for us as we live in a post-Christian era. We see him live a life of faith in a hostile world. He firmly believed that God was sovereign over the nations and the political affairs. We see that he humbled himself before authority, but we also see that when that authority ruled against the rules of God, all four of these men did not waver. They did what was right, and they entrusted themselves into the hands of the living God, and the Lord delivered them. We also see that pride comes before the fall of both King Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. We also see that Daniel did not take any credit for the visions. He acknowledged that it was all the Lord's doing. Lastly, we see that the Lord knows the future and every one of those kingdoms in Nebuchadnezzar's dream crumbled. But there is one and only one eternal kingdom and that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a citizen of that kingdom? Ladies, if you hear God's voice today, don't harden your hearts like the kings of Babylon. Instead, let's be like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. And let's be women who pray, give thanks, obey, and proclaim our God most high reigns. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.